welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the usual cast of characters. First of all, the Ruinator and the Contrarian, the Keeper of the Inner Sanctum, and the Numbers Guy, Keith of Keith's Comics. Keith, how are you? I'm ready to ruin everything. I like the show every week. Okay, so normal state of affairs. And of course, <laughs> the man who's always wrong and with a hole in his collection... The Pictures Guy, the Cloud Prince of Collecting, and the Dirty Old Geek. Brian needs one, Brian. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Doing quite well. Okay, so I'm getting I'm getting goofiness out of him, and I'm getting... I don't know. This is not going to be good. All right. Well, I am the long-suffering world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lanson. Why is everything in space trying to kill us right now? And welcome to another issue... So Brian, do you have uh, do you have news for us this week? I do. I have a couple of uh, interesting little things, and then unfortunately, we have some passings that we have to talk about. Big one uh, that I heard that I'm really excited about is the Spawn Batman crossover with uh, Greg Capullo coming back to Spawn, uh, and as a favorite, always drawing Batman. Uh, but just to see those two crossover again, it's been how many years, Keith? You're the numbers guy. I think no. at least 30, because it, it, it was in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it's got to be like 27, 28 years. Yeah, that's a long 90, time. I think it was 95 or 94. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, just to keep us feeling old, the death of Superman is celebrating its 30th anniversary. God, I was in college when that came out. I know. Uh, and they're introducing a new new supervillain, Doombreaker. Oh, uh, God. But just... <laughs> So he's like Doomsday, except twice as bad. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, I'm just, spoiler alert, Harley Quinn survives her time on the new Justice League, so that'll be exciting in Dark Crisis. She does? Yeah, I'm surprised she survives it, but of course she did, because they're not killing Harley Quinn. No, because they'll lose you. Yeah, they're not going to kill a a cash uh, machine. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Uh, yes, but any Harley news is, well, big news, I'm thinking. Is it really? Is it? Yes. Yes, it is, Mr. Keith. Okay, so let's get into, um, some of the sad news, uh, but it was a big week for, for people passing that, that had a little effect on us. First one is Tony Dow at 77, Wally Cleaver. He also directed a bunch of, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes. Guy's got to have a career after being a child actor. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I actually did not know that. Yes. I didn't either. I actually didn't either. But, uh, yeah, and I always liked Tony Dow. I just always liked Tony Dow. Sid Jacobson, who was one of the co-creators of Richie Rich, worked for uh, Harvey Comics, uh, passed on. Yoko Shimada. Oh, who is that? She was in the six-episode miniseries Shogun. As Lady Mariko. And I am just going to throw out that I am betting that she is the inspiration for Lady Mariko. From. Because, well, she looks just like her and. He's got the exact same name. And it's Claremont Byrne. And they took everything from TV. <laughs> not everything. A ton. A ton. Yeah. A t- not everything. There was no Dark Phoenix on TV at that time. Paul Coker Jr. 
who was a Mad Magazine illustrator, but he also designed the holiday characters for the Rankin and Bass Heat Miser. Oh, really? oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Sadly, I, I, he needs to be mentioned. Um, heard my childhood and yeah. adulthood. And then the, the two big ones for, for me, uh, Paul Sorvino, who died at 83. And just that he was older than Wally Cleaver freaked me out a little bit. He's all over. One of the, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. Uh, he's Paul Sorvino. Yeah. Uh, just tip your hat. and I mean, for his genetics alone, for his daughter, Vera Sorvino, one of my girlfriends, I mean... <laughs> You know, but he was he was no slouch. Oh and, no, uh, no! Uh, his run in Law and Order is one of my favorites. Yeah, and um, everything he did, big big Polly from Goodfellas. I yeah. mean, talk about the like the mob boss who who didn't you know he didn't say much. He just you know he just he did such a good job with that. You oh. got the patriotic gangster from Rocketeer. <laughs> yeah, I might be a gangster, but I'm an American gangster. Damn it! <laughs> That's a great what a great one. <laughs> And then, of course, the big sadness uh, is David Warner. Yeah, I, 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 one of my favorites. Yeah, he's he's all over. When we talk about guy, you know that guy, you put him in something, he adds something to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the voice of Rachel Ghoul on the animated series. Yeah, I mean numerous. I mean like Doctor Who, Star Trek, Tron, you know, Tron, Tron. Yeah, that you know. time bandits, time after time, which yeah. is what one for us. Like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just this little clip at the end of the legacy.com is what I look at every week. But um, there's just a little clip. It's got no sound, but it's just him on an interview. And he is so completely different in that little clip than every other character he's ever played. Uh, It just warmed my heart a little bit, touched me. So if you get a chance, uh, I would say go check that out. All right, so for this week's edition of the world-famous Geeks Top 3 list, gentlemen with 15 minutes on the timer, what are your top three favorite satires? And I won't go into the Greek definition of satire. It's a little little heavy, and I don't want to drag the segment down. And go! Like Greek satire. Was that uh, Zeus and uh, Thor Love and Thunder? Oh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm going to throw out uh, my number three. Uh, be my number three. Yeah. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of crossover. I don't think this. so. I don't think so either. I don't think uh, so. I not. think that there's some places where there could be. But anyway, my number three is going to go back to the uh, nearly prophetic, I think it's 1976 movie, Network. I've never considered that movie a satire, yeah. but now that you say it in that context, when you say prophetic, I thought you go idiocracy, but no. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going to go with idiocracy too, but you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it, it predicted reality yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, and the the direction that network news was going to go. Where was this all sensationalism and? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and that's the I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. But yeah, that uh, for me, and it's a strong film. It's well, just a strong yeah. film. Well chosen. Well, every once in a while, the puddle gets deep. <laughs> Except over on this side of the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's other things get deep over it, here. It just dries up. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to lance my number three. Uh-oh. Just because there's so many I have yeah. here. Um, the first one uh, is just because I remember watching it every time it was on, every every week. Uh, soap. Oh, Ooh, my God. Good one. Just oh, good awesome. one. Fucking brilliant. Just the, the, the plots and everything they threw in there was great. Uh, <laughs> the baby is possessed by a devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't Bert get, get abducted by aliens? Aliens, yes. yes. And then he thinks he's invisible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the, the oh, characters that Richard they created Mulligan, that, one of the funniest yeah. men on Bob the planet. And, yes. And uh, Billy Duff. Crystal yeah. uh, is the gay, first gay on TV, yeah. I think. So that was tied with uh, this next one. I don't think a lot of people know or watch, but I've watched too much shit. Um, it's the Aaron Sorkin thing. It was uh, more or less a satire of a satire. It's uh, Studio 16. Oh, this is a dude. It, 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 it's, a, it's a satire of basically Saturday Night Live. It's with uh, Matthew Perry, uh, Bradley Whitford, uh, Amanda Peet's in it. Oh. Uh, the guy plays Wallowit uh, oh. from, from Big Bang Theory. Is it Simon Helberg or something like that? Okay. That show was criminally underwatched. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, most people I mentioned, they don't even know it. So I've heard of it. Good on you. Um yeah, it was, it was basically the backstage doings and politics yeah, yeah. of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I thought it was funny as hell. It was well done, and it basically is a satire of a satire show. So yeah, uh, Aaron Sorkin. I love Aaron yeah. Sorkin. Yeah, yeah. I thought about. And then they had like the, the and they had their good dramatic pieces yeah, where they yeah. brought in like the writer who was blacklisted in the the nineteen exactly forties yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I thought that that, that was really oh. well done. I wonder if we could still watch that. I wonder if that's anywhere. I gotta think it's, it's probably it was at NBC Universal, so I'm sure it's yeah. on Peacock or something like that. But yeah, that's if you haven't seen that one, Brian, that's a really, yeah. really good yeah. show. What's it called? Uh, Studio, uh, Studio 60 on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, on Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. Sorry. Thank you. All right, um, gonna go with television on my first one. This is what I did too. And uh, the, to me, ultimate sci-fi parody. Or satire of all time is Futurama. Oh, I just I, I think they they take every they have made fun of every single science fiction trope there is. Um, they did the I mean the my one of my favorite episodes of television ever is the parody uh, or satire send up of of Star Trek. You know they do they do you know Frozen in Time they've done alien they do things about aliens they just yeah. and, and and then they have great science fiction bits like. The you know, the the engine doesn't move the ship through the universe. The engine moves the universe around the ship. I just that is yeah. just great science fiction. No, you know, I, I thought of that and I go, no, Lance is going to have that. And uh, and you could still have all of the celebrity guest stars because they're all just heads in a jar. Yeah, I um, the dog episode. Oh, watched sad. it once. So watched sad. it once. Cried my eyes out. Have never. I've skipped it. Skipped it every time yeah. I've ever. Seen. John Wick come and shoot you. If you it's it's yeah. uh, one of the best episodes of uh, uh, television. Just yeah. and if you because if you've ever had a dog, oh yeah, yeah. it yeah. just breaks your fucking heart. All right, let's pick let's pick it back up. Way to bring it down, okay. Brian. Yeah. Number two for me. Number two. Number two uh, is um, probably the best work this man's done, and that's um, Office Space, Mike Judge. 
is it a satire? Satire of Office. corporate yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's Dilbert. Uh, yeah, live action Dilbert. Live action Dilbert, except that it's so much funnier. And you know what? They don't just lampoon. Uh, cor- well, no, they do because you get the corporate restaurants and how much flair do you have on your and yo, look yeah, look at so and so has got a lot of yeah, flair yeah. and uh, yeah, well, and that, like the the great part about that is, well, the rule is I only have to wear twelve pieces of flair. Yeah. What we prefer if you well if I'm supposed to be wearing 17, why is the rule wear 17? That that to me is like yes. that's perfect. Yes, um, I've had that conversation not about flair but about other things in well, the corporate world, and uh, and I've met the Bobs. Uh, I have actually met them. Uh, the one that I think um, to have five different people tell you you did something wrong. Like I have five bosses. Yeah, that has happened to me personally. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a lot, and then the one guy with the stapler. But it's my stapler. Uh, Keith, you're so lucky you don't work. You've never worked. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say I, I I saw the movie. It's good, but yeah, I don't get any of it. Yeah, there's my a... one boss is you know at home and she just tells me what to do when I do it. So. Yeah. Keith, what is your number two? My number two is I'm gonna Doctor Rich this because uh, it's had. Radio shows, it's had stage, it's had movies, it's had TV. It's the all knowing, all satiring National Lampoon. Oh, oh. National Lampoon, and they've done it and then done it well. Yeah, some of their movies suck. I'm not going to go say all their movies are great, but they had the radio show, they had TV movies, they've had. Obviously, the movies are big, and they had stage productions. And they've had uh, a magazine. magazine. And the magazine. the magazine. That's what I left off was magazine. The main thing that started it all. Yes. And if, if you think about it, like modern American comedy in the 70s, like every, how many every, guys came out of that came scene? came out of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, National Lampoon or Second City. Yeah. That was it. I, I, wow. Wait up. So, wait up. Pump the brakes. That's why Doctor Rich did. Wow. I wish I would have thought of that one. Oh yeah, I would have. I mean, you know what? How did we not? How did we fucking not? I started with the magazine, and I went, "Oh wait, yeah, the movies." It just keeps getting and bigger. And I'm like, "Wait, they had a radio." And it just, I'm like, "Oh yeah, how can I not include this?" Did they do something on the radio program with like, like Marvel superheroes or something like that, or like Bill Murray? So, Bill Murray was They were. Bill Murray was supposed to be Human Torch in a radio FF drama. Oh, okay. That was okay. They found they heard him on, I think it was uh, the National, National Lampoon Radio, Lampoon, yeah, and that's where they was cast from. All right. Well, if I remember correctly, my number two is great. Great is regarded as probably the greatest satire of all time, and because it, it's satire, is something that I love. And so my, that's only because only because my number one is the greatest satire of but. We've talked about it before. We've raved about it before. This is Spinal Tap. What's it's, that about again? <laughs> I, just the fact that I've heard so How many bands say... that your number one? Yeah. Because there's what, one that's... There's thought, one that's... In, in my heart of hearts, I like better. Okay. But, yeah, I just... When you hear that, about I bands... That would be actual one. I didn't even go Actual that. bands uh, saying, like, that has happened to us. I know yes. this is not a parody. This has happened to us. You know they were doing something right. I yeah. sidestepped that all together. <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking... I actually made my list uh, just because I went, oh, Lance could pick that. Lance could pick that. But the uh, the dwarfs 
dancing around. <laughs> Our Stonehenge body was in danger I, of being trod upon by a dwarf. I cried. I cried. I laughed so hard. I, well, no, and I've I've said this before. Oh I was the God. I was the roadie trying to get the bass player out of the the, the, the yeah. half closed pod. Oh I, that God. has been me. And we've seen that on stage. Okay. So my uh, my last I'm gonna lance. Uh, it's from the same man. I don't think that you get better than this ever. I, I may be wrong, but, um, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Uh, the two, two, I mean, if you're talking the, t the Mount Rushmore of satires, yes. you've got Spinal Tap, you've got Blazing Saddles, and you've got Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Uh, and just the fact that they used the original sets from, uh, Frankenstein... Uh, Blazing Saddles, the the amount of shit that he packs in that just exploded. The the uh, if you just go around um, the the campfire scene, that's what's missing from every fucking uh, western. Um, we have more beans, Mister Tiger. John Wayne farting. Just what's missing from all? No, of you're it. missing it. Uh, oh my god, the the just the opening scene where they're super racist and they turned it around. Yeah. And, uh, I get no kick. From champagne. The way they cleave all the... The Kemp Town ladies. <laughs> I just... He's so perfect. He's so he perfect. He was so good. And this is my shooting hand. <laughs> um, and then Gene Wilder wrote Young Frankenstein, which no one thought that uh, Mel Brooks would direct. Because Mel Brooks only directs his, uh, his other stuff. His own stuff. Uh, but it was just too brilliant. And uh, how do you... Igor, the, the putting on the Ritz scene... Terry Gar, oh Madeline my God, Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Uh, so that's my. I, uh, you son of a. Mother. Um, mine was a doctor. Is a doctor rich? It's all the Mel Brooks's. Oh. <laughs> you know, you go Spaceballs, History of the World, Manitites. High Anxiety, High Silent Anxiety, movie. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or whatever. Manitites. Oh, Manitites. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's all his stuff. Dracula, Dead and Loving It. That was Mel Brooks? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. History of the world. History of the world, yeah. That's uh, what I'm saying. You, I, I'll do you one better. I'll Dr. Rich all Mel Brooks. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Because he's the king of satire. Yeah. It, it, it's just hard to touch anything he's and, done. I and think, it's all smart satire. It's well, not, that's the thing. I think everything he satires is something that he loves. Yes. Like, he loved westerns, so it made it easy for him to yeah, write, yeah. write this comedy. It, he loved old monster movies, so it was easy for him to make yeah. that movie, you know? No, that's, well, you know what? But and what I would say is that, um, for me, I picked the two best. I've seen them all. Yeah. I have little problems with every one of them, uh, except for Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Not uh, that I would discount yours. I'm just you saying just that's did. why I you didn't go. Did, no, that's why you I didn't but go. You did. Okay, you know what? Man, he's been a baby today. He's just been a little child today. Little ego, Keith. I, I just came out to play. All right. It may not be great. Thunder. It may not be greater than than uh, uh, Spinal Tap, but uh, it is my favorite, and that is. Excuse me, Steridus. I speak jive. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's, oh it's I can't a, believe I didn't think of that. It, it is the airplane is the one of the first comedies I again I, I made a reference a couple of episodes ago. That, that was my first topless woman. 
Yeah. Uh, it is. I saw that right in that sweet spot, that 10, 11-year-old sweet spot where you, the, like a movie's imprint on you. Yes. I can watch that movie to this day, 40 years later. I still laugh my ass off at it. There's, I find a new joke every single time. And again, the, the, there's... They make fun of everybody, so there's there's no not an opportunity for anybody to get offended because they offend pretty much everybody, yes. and uh, it's just they don't make movies like that anymore. You know what? Um, I I've always loved Airplane. I thought it was the best of those type of movies. Absolutely, you're running up a tree. Looks to like try to, yeah. he's got a drinking problem because <laughs> he can't get the drink in his mouth and the guy unplugging everything. <laughs> but uh, but when I saw the comparisons to Zero Hour. The film that it was made from and it's shot by shot it's amazing i have not i've only seen the comparisons i have not seen the film oh shit. now i've got to see zero, zero hour. I haven't seen I, i've never even i now i gotta see it because I, I never even was aware that it was a shot by shot remake of oh yeah i was going to ask you if you consider big trouble in little china uh a satire uh, it's the greatest movie of all time. So. I know. Well, that's, I honestly thought that was going to be your number oh. one. So, so I left. I left that off my list too. Because do I'm we like, do we call it a, a satire or do we call it an homage? A satirical homage. There you I'll go. go yeah, I'll go with. But uh, yeah. Any I, quick honorable mentions? We we nailed them all. Starship Troopers. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Star uh, uh, Top Secret. Buffy the movie. Top yeah. Secret. Another great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Top Secret, like that—that that just satirizes everything. Yeah. Like from Elvis movies to spy movies to yeah. World War II movies. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. That's what I originally had as my uh, number one. Yeah. But I had Buffy as my number one. But the, Cabin the, in the, the movie. Woods. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods was uh, actually shocking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, it, when you get there. All right, that's our top three favorite parodies. Let us know what yours are. All right. Well, <laughs> the uh, podcast is about to get a lot worse because we are talking the worst movie ever this week. And this one is number 37 on top, Tubi's worst, uh, and it is 1968's Greetings. Now, for a worst movie, this has got kind of a good pedigree here. It was directed, and it's his second movie, by Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Written by Brian De Palma and Charles Hirsch. Starring Jonathan Warden, Robert De Niro, Garrett Graham, Alan Garfield, and Roz Kelly. So you've got a pretty good pedigree here. And Brian, you got your wish. You did? You, what, this was, was your wish? We finally watched a rated X movie for the podcast. Yes. Yes. And I could see why it was. Can you? I could. It said 16 or older is what it said on the beginning. I'm like, X was a lot looser. <laughs> Brian, to help us out with your expertise, was this the, the inspiration for amateur porn? You know, it... Um, Hidden camera. I, I'm gonna say uh, there was uh, the the little porn scene. That's what a lot of retro porn looks like. I was actually thinking um, when De Niro takes the meets the gal and he takes her back. Yes, the voyeur thing. The, and, and 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 he's and he's like trying to give her like, oh no, you're tired and take off your don't just like lay down on the bed, take off your coat because you're so exhausted. Now take off your. And I was just like, I wonder if that's what shooting amateur porn's like. I had, I'm sorry, uh, it's an amateur. <laughs> yeah. 
Though I may or may not, unconfirmed, have watched a bit of anim- amateur porn, I would not say that I've ever shot amateur oh, porn. Oh, okay. I just, I figured Nor you have were I so ever involved been, with the indirected. Uh, been where it, uh, but, um, yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay, well, essentially, that out of the way, um, this is like, a, it's almost like a student film, it's kind of stream of consciousness, it reminded it's, me of Stranger Than Paradise a little bit, and it's like these little vignettes. Yes. And you've got, uh, you've got De Niro and his buddies, like, talking about, like, how, how to dodge the draft, and, and, and... Uh, it's just one trying to figure out who killed Kennedy. Yeah, there's a there's that a obs- intrigued me. And a little bit of an obsession like with the Kennedy, Kennedy assassination. You got some that that weird segment with De Niro filming the gal taking her clothes off. The weird segment with the guy measuring on the girl's body where the bullet holes yeah. were. Yeah, she's, and she's naked. And she's yeah. naked and sleeping. Yeah. Have you even had that happen to you? <laughs> you are someone guarantee you. Conspiracy? Making I, women? Yeah. <laughs> does, does Patty wake up with strange marks? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, not that she's noticed. Not, yeah. Not anywhere visible. This was a... It was like a, a week in the life of... Yeah. But weird... Like, they lived way more interesting lives than I do, but I don't want to be a part of theirs. It was just fucking weird. It, it I was disconjointed. It really was. Oh. I, you know what? I, I don't know that I would call it a worst film. I, Weirdest film. Weird film. It's a it's a 60s film. Yeah. I mean, it's not I, funny. It, it, it's not... It's oh, not. Okay. okay, so the... the um, the opening song. I loved it. Uh, so it very Beatles-ish. Yes. yes. What I was thinking, and, and like, I'm thinking like Hard Day's Night or Help or something like that. Uh-huh. It's kind of like, like you said, like a week in the life of the Beatles and it's weird. Yes. Like, I almost think that they, like, they were trying to do that, that De Palma was trying to do that style Without the kind of comedy and music involved with it and stuff like that, like he was just without any of the substance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and again, we're like the wrong. I think we're the wrong age for this because I think this probably would have meant something in the 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 sixties, oh. where you know there you're talking about Vietnam, you're talking about the Kennedy assassination, all this stuff that affected young people at the time. Yes, but I just yeah, it was this one was really hard to keep my attention. I uh, yes. I, I'm yeah. This was not easy to get through. No, and then I, I didn't get the 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 it being called a comedy satire because I didn't get much of that. I didn't get comedy or satire. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really laugh during yeah, during I, any of this. No, no, I, it was really yeah. <laughs> Except the the end the end segment where like De Niro's supposed to be in Vietnam. Yes, and you could yeah. tell like they they filmed it in like Central Park or something <laughs> like that. It reminded me what was the uh, what was it Velocipasser or whatever. Or, in or the jungle, yeah. Like yes. the, the jungle scene yes. where you're going, this is in Vietnam, this is in Asia. <laughs> yeah. It totally reminded me of that. You know, that you pulled it out of Velocipaster. Yeah. Holy wow. Making comparisons wow. to Velocipaster and this, I yes. that's probably not healthy, but. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I wish I could put my finger on, like the music for the Kennedy assassination guy just hurt. 
that that music that they it wasn't music. It was yeah, it was kind of yeah. sounds. Yes, yeah. uh, hurt. Uh, but that seemed to be his theme, which way distracted me. <laughs> yeah, it, this was just a, a mishmash. Of a mishmash of of mess. nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. There was well, nothing to this. De Palma is famous for his long, you know, camera shots. Yeah, and this was put the camera down and let these guys talk. Yes. And I think this might have been where he started developing that or whatever. Again, I don't know why this is on the worst list. I mean, it... Other than it was... Brian, would you, go, would you go back and watch it? No. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah, but I won't go back and watch E.T. So it isn't, it isn't that... Uh, you can't use that equation, then. I, it's got to be on just because it's, it's Robert De Niro and Brian De Palma. And, it's, and, and as really young guys, yeah, just start disappointing out. under both categories. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then you go, why isn't it lower? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> it either shouldn't be on or it should be lower. Yeah. But yeah, this was just a weird one. Yeah. It was just a an odd. Some of it, some of it sucked me in. The the whole Kennedy assassination with the guy who's number seventeen, and you're now number eighteen. Yeah. Uh, that was Which led to nothing. Yeah, no. Except that the guy got shot. Yeah. They were yeah, because he was getting close to finding out who killed yeah. Kennedy. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did enjoy the whole uh, segment of them trying to talk about it. the the fucking. No, we're gonna dress you up. We're gonna oh, make yeah, the, no, yeah, the yeah, opening yeah. where yeah. they're trying to yo, yeah. you know, talk to the the, the draft the the draft board. Yeah. 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 yeah, you wear like a fishnet <laughs> shirt and some silk panties yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Uh, and then coming up with what they're gonna say to the psychologist. I didn't understand why they were keeping the guy up for days though. So he looked strung out and oh, I, I have no idea. But that part of it, the beginning, that was kind of funny. Uh, I will go with that, and then it just got weird from there. So and it just went way off, yeah, for a long time, and then came back to it at the very end. At the very end, he just bookended it. Oh. It's not that these guys were not likable. Uh, the computer dating thing was weird. There were some things in it that I looked at and went, "Holy shit, this is '68." Yeah, you know, and they have computer dating, and they had the, and I was like, "Wow, okay." That I was kind of the uh, uh, the bit where he goes to pick it. And it was like, she was like, you know how much this dress cost? You know, it, it, this is a so, so, and so, and so. It was fifty nine ninety five. I'm like, $68, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And then and then it was like, and all you want to do is see it on the floor. And it was like, this conversation's been had <laughs> before and since then. You know, that was like, I thought that was really clever. <laughs> yeah. And she just he just calls up his friend. Yeah. <laughs> And then he looks and she's naked in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> he looks and sees she's naked in the bed and then calls, calls his friend. friend. And then yeah, calls yeah, his yeah, friend. Yeah. She's too much for me. Yeah. yeah, but she might like you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And I didn't understand why he was the same guy who walked in and then the chick attacks him and rips his clothes off. And then he's doing computer dating. Why, if you if you go home and you have somebody ripping your clothes off, would you do computer dating? Again, I don't think that the story the story yeah, was not yeah. linear in the least. This, the, like you said, this was a week in the life, and you didn't see all the stuff in yeah, between it or whatever. Because some of the things were way too long a segment. The whole bookstore thing with with uh, 
with De Niro looking through to the books. Yeah, that was just weird. And then and then the the meeting the the porn guy on the street. Yeah, yeah. For five dollars, just take the five dollars. <laughs> and then he lost a girl. It's bored housewife and the delivery man. I mean, the title says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought of you when he... Yes, I, I was you. thinking of me, too. Uh, and the the guy who played the, the porn guy, yeah. he's he's been... In he's, lots of stuff. Yes. yes. So it, it was funny. Yeah, student film, it was, uh, you know, Brian De Palma and a bunch of his friends in New York. Let's just do this. Yeah. Uh, for 40 bucks and some yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what did... Uh, how many bees do we give number 37 greetings here? I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with uh, two and a half, because it's an average. Bad movie. Bad movie. I'll give it two. <laughs> the below average bad movie. I, I, I'm gonna put this on the. Uh... Oh. Yeah, but we started talking about the things we liked about it. I mean, there was no. There was stuff to like about it, and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, but everybody needs to. A whole bunch of shit. This to is like almost like a racerhead where you need to see this at least once. I'm gonna say yes to that. I am gonna say yes to just that. It's, it's just, you just get to see where you get to see De Niro as a young guy actually acting and not just being Robert De Niro. You get to see De Palma, who's obviously a famous director now, and, and kind of where he started out and stuff like that. So I'm gonna rate this on the Eraserhead scale and go. That was greetings. I don't know. Give it a watch. You might like it. Let us know what you think. Alright, so for this edition of Sunday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, we have concluded the Ip Man series with Ip Man 4. And we'll put the spoiler alert in front of this one because it is from 2019. It is directed by Wilson Yip, written by Edmund Wong, Dana Fukuzawa, Chen Tai Lee, and Jill Leung Lai Yin. I had to pause for that one. And starring the fantastic Donnie Yen. Wu Yu, Vanessa Wu, Scott Adkins, Kent Cheng, Danny Chan, and No Kanin. And this is the final chapter of the Ip Man series where we've got uh, our hero, Ip Man, uh, discovering he has cancer. And his son is uh, about 13 years old. He's been expelled from school. And Bruce Lee is establishing himself in San Francisco and Seattle. Much to the chagrin of the... Chinese Benevolent Society. And the, the Kung Fu Masters there. He has published his book on Chinese Kung Fu. And, uh... He allows so, Americans in. Yeah. And he, so Ip Man travels to San Francisco to deal with the Chinese Benevolent Society and its Grand Master. Well, he's actually going there to get his son in school there. Yes, that as well. That was his main trip, trip reason. But as as always, where the Ip Man goes, trouble follows. Indeed. <laughs> so yes, wow. you have uh, you have uh, the uh, the dual uh, story of uh, the uh, Chinese Benevolent Society not liking that Bruce Lee has published the secrets of Chinese Kung Fu. So that brings him uh, because Ip Man needs a letter of recommendation for his son to get into a school. So that brings him into confrontation with them. And then, of course, you've got the B story of a Chinese Marine staff sergeant who is trying to incorporate 
Wing Chun. Wing Chun into uh, the Marine training and the... Man, this guy should have had a mustache to twirl. Because oh, you've God. got Scott Atkins as the most racist, you know, Marine sergeant ever in the history of anything. <laughs> Who's also, who happens to be, you know, and, and again, this is one where I can't wrap my brain around it because at the time in 64, a guy wouldn't have fought, a Marine drill sergeant wouldn't have fought like this. No, especially since they're talking about learning karate and what he was doing wasn't karate. Oh, no, it was totally, and, and again, the, the uh, fight choreography was Yun Wu Ping, and um, I don't know about this, this one... The first three were so good. We were we were due for letdown, and man, I, I I don't know. I was let down by this one. This one seemed really Americanized. Yeah, this seemed like we're gonna put this out on Netflix and get the, all that Netflix money. And from from what I've been reading, they paid Donnie Yen a ton of money to. He did not want to do this, and they paid him a ton of money to be in this one. I could see why he would not want to do it. It was a complete letdown. Tonally, it's nothing like the other three movies. It tried to be, but the the, the I, and the lack of his wife, I think, hurt this story. Actually, I thought the 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 reflecting back on her was the only good. Yeah, part. that was like the only yeah. good part. Yeah, uh, I did like Fatso being back. We found out his name's Bob. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I like that that guy. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know exactly what part he was playing because it seems like he had a different part in every movie. Well, he was his. I, I think it was supposed to be. I read he was. A, it was his oldest friend. Oh, okay. so he's still the cop, but he just wasn't a cop in this yeah. movie. He was. He was his friend. He was probably retired at this yeah, point. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, I like that they um, that they really kept the son as a whiny little bitch through all four movies. He really never, he was never a likable character. He was just a whiny little shit through the whole fucking movie. Son of mine, do you disagree? I actually really liked him in the first one when he's doing the whole thing. When he comes in on the, the little tricycle and is like, Mom bike. says you're going to break things. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you have the part where he draws the picture and his dad goes, oh, to look at it. And he pulls it away. No, 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 no! I think you're. Well, his father ignored him. His yeah, father ignored he, him. He, 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 he was... tried to show it to his and, father, and his father went no. But I'm his baby. father, there's a reason he's a whiny little bitch. And that Brian. continued on too, because even this. Okay, you know what? This he wanted to learn to fight. He wanted to learn. I mean, yeah, because that little he, slap shit he, he had going and on, and he wouldn't just... teach him. So uh, he teach everyone else, but he wouldn't teach his son. So I think, as a kid. You're hurt when your father is instructing all these other people but won't pay attention to you. You know what? If you want to justify his bitchiness, that's I am. fine. I'm just saying I like that it was consistent throughout the whole thing. I can't justify yours, but I can justify his. My father ignored me, too. Okay. So there, now you, now am I better? Yeah, I, you're, I solved you now. <laughs> I solved you. Uh, oh, Brian, you're an you're a enigma <laughs> that just cannot be <laughs> Don't let Keith fool you. <laughs> I, I was really disappointed. It was choppy. Uh, it was not the send-off for Ip Man that it should have been. I, again, if this was his final fight or something against this this goof, this Marine guy. Yeah. Eh. Who, who took out all the Kung Fu Masters in like three seconds. What? <laughs> what? Well, a bunch of them were damaged already yeah, they had from the other guy. Yeah. 
from the karate guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he just Give came in. Give me bricks. In. Come here and break these bricks. What was it? Bricks. And then and I was then, waiting for bricks don't hit I back. I was waiting for bricks don't hit back as well. Yeah. And I was hoping, Brandon was hoping that Bruce Lee would take out either that guy or the colonel. I Okay. If we're if we're doing our, our, our stunt or our, our fantasy booking here, as I like to say in the pro wrestling circles, I would have liked actually Ip Man to get his ass kicked by the Marine and then have Bruce Lee come in and kick that guy's ass. I think that would have been cool. But, you know, it's not his story. But, so but Bruce Lee got point? his moment in the alleyway with that guy. Of course the thumbs up at the end was kinda lame. There was there was a ton of lame in that. Um first of all, yeah, you would watch these films and go, oh, it would be cool to learn Kung Fu. Except that you would then go, except then I would have to fight everybody else because their Kung Fu is cooler, right? So it that's just a, seems like you walk into places and, and then guys and geese show that's up. That's why I know. Brian, I did not want to have a life of Jeopardy like that, which is why I've never learned Kung Fu. <laughs> I am only an observer of the Well, of the, of the no, th- th- those guys followed them after the demonstration because they were calling bullshit on, on, Bruce, on, Lee. Bruce, Lee's, on Bruce Lee's... Kung Fu. What was going on in the in the demonstration? Right. So they were calling that. So they followed them there. It's not like they just showed up there randomly in they, their geese. That diamond. Yeah. Well, they came there right afterwards. I'm sure. No, no. You would change. You're not a dork. I, and you don't. Well, you don't do did that. Did you see those guys? Uh. But then to suddenly, fucking have this guy show up in a satin gi in the alley and break the light. <laughs> What? 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 Uh, I no, think, what? I think this was this was. <laughs> That's a, every kung fu movie. Have you not watched any of them? If, if any, again, we we've watched the first three. I think were kind of transcendent of kung fu movies. This was a yeah, kung fu movie. The 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 first three were were more a biography, a life story with kung fu in it. This was a kung fu story that had that that they were trying to all three films. Gave loving nods to the Shaw Brothers. All three of them. The first three. Yeah, this was almost like a... If I was going to compare it to anything we've watched recently, this was more of a Black Belt Jones than anything. Yeah. yeah. This was not... There was not a nod to the Shaw Brothers. A thank you, almost. The first three films, yes, I will say that, was a thank you to the Shaw Brothers for what they did. And then gave you this wonderful story of Ip Man. Uh, and then the, the third movie... Fourth. No, the third okay. movie just fucking broke me. Yeah. How, that, oh, yeah. how oh, yeah. they. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was just beautiful. And I knew the fourth movie wasn't going to. And then they, they were going to kill him. Obviously, they have to. But. And obviously, he did die. Uh, so, yeah, they can't have him transcend that. Like, they didn't have him rise three days later and become Ip Man, <laughs> where he gets and fights Kaiju. <laughs> Don't give Marvel any more ideas. Give, give, he may come back. He may come back. Well, uh, he's at the same place as Elvis. They're both all living yes, there. Yes, they're all they're all together. Bruce, Bruce is down there. They're all they're yeah. All they're there. all hanging out. Um, which I thought was sad. It was yeah. I would say this was a cash grab. All right. That being said, was there one fight scene that anybody thought was uh, better than the others? I liked where they I were fighting the, the karate guy. I liked the the, the Tai Chi versus Wing Chun fight. Okay, so the the head of the, the Chinese the, the, benevolent, yeah, yeah, that was probably the best, but that was yeah, the one that yeah. I thought was the best as well. I mean, it was oh. even cool when they were like pushing against the table, and I'm like, God, oh, these things are shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's the chi yeah. Yeah, yeah. battle. 
the one inch punch. I know that that was a cool scene where they had like kind of like the the big lazy suits yeah. like you'd see at a Chinese yeah, yeah. restaurant or something like that. It's like, well, if you drink this tea, you'll be one of us, and I will write the letter for you yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a neat. But yes, the the pure uh, Donnie Yen versus the head of the the, yeah. the Chinese Benevolent Society was 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 a kind of a traditional kind of Shaw Brothers style yeah. kung fu yes. move, uh, fight, and I thought that one was the best out of out of the movie. Again, the guy. Danny Chan or whoever played Danny Chan who plays Bruce Lee is oh now we <clears> look just at, like him I mean it yeah. really the the fight scenes the fight scenes were good I, I don't I don't know the the, the uh, there was a little uh, there were again it, and it seems in each of them they 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 progressively got a little harder on the wire work yeah well that, they, got, they, they got to have the one guy who can't be beat by anybody so they, yeah the, yeah the, and yeah, you got to have your final boss in these yeah. things, and to me, a good final boss is not the racist marine no. drill sergeant. They, they, you know what? And and, and then you got to. Oh, go ahead, no, sir. No, no, no go on. No, I was going to say part of that bothered me in that uh, I have no doubt that there was uh, racism. I mean, overt yeah. racism in San Francisco in 1963 against the Chinese. Please, uh, let's. I think that they went a little heavy-handed on it. Like well, I said, he should have had a he should have had a mustache to twirl because yeah. it was and, and the coincidental ins agent who's the father the, of yeah. the girl who gets yeah yeah when they attack that to me that scene the when they attack the young girl yeah yeah uh, that was hard to watch that yeah. and again you know I'm sure in 1963 that that happened, happened once or yeah. twice yeah. you know and and that's what I mean the, the to show that. As just a uh, the the uh, it's, it's almost a dismissive scene. It's a little scene that really doesn't have any impact. The where they attack the girl. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought that that had a huge impact on me. I thought that that showed well, the racism the movie, more. On the movie. Yeah, that showed the racism more yes. than when they were talking about yeah. it oh, and no. the white devil and the you know what. Yeah. You can well, show instances where where you, it stings like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because you know what happened. I mean, that's the the truth is that happened. No, I just meant it didn't have a huge impact on the story. Uh, right. Except that it brought him the to her. Diana's into Paul and Dad, and yeah. But I thought, uh, not unlike the um, the scene with Bruce Lee in the third movie, where he's smoking the cigarette. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that that this it showed a gentler side. He he obviously could have killed all those kids. Yeah. Quite easily, and he was—he was—he he three stooged him. Yes, yeah. yeah, and it was, but the way he did it was good. It was yeah. just stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Just, just no, don't do yeah. this. And then the kid, Smack and then he smacks him, him in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, it, that was kind of neat. I thought as a fight scene because he was holding back. Uh, part of part I didn't like is at the end of the. Redundant American film where one guy starts clapping. Oh, yeah, the clapping. slow clap. The slow clap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Slow clap. yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, man, that's really? been done. Yeah, I did. they progressively got. You knew the, you, you knew we were we were headed for this. Yeah, <laughs> you can't when you start the first film with the Japanese occupation of China. You can't yeah. go anywhere from that. You can't get a bigger foe. No, than, no. than that. Uh, and they didn't make racism was not. They didn't make it the big foe, which they could have done and would have been better. I still love seeing Donnie Yen just hit someone a hundred times in a second. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, 
And his portrayal of Ip Man through this was awesome. He was it was steady. He was constant. Yes. Consistent. Yes. Always calm. No, you know, even when he's going and getting his ass kicked for a while, he's not. He's just the same posture, same everything. You know what I missed from this film that I that was in the first three was whenever they would show him get set, all of them, they would. Yeah, and then they would show their feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the, how they, they changed their stance. Yes. once with the the military guy. Yeah, and and that was it. And and I thought, oh, I missed that. That was kind of a fun little. You're getting uh, ready for a fight. I actually, they did the, the one time they did do that where I noticed was when we were talking like the the glass spinning table yeah. and the and the oh, when the, when they start pushing back and forth, the one the the boss yes kind of turns his feet inwards a little bit, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? All right, so not the best uh, offering from the Ip Man series, gentlemen. We're going to go back to the Five Deadly Venom scale. Do you have something else just to add, Brandon? I, I wanted to bring up over the course of the movies, it feels weird how his son ages versus how Bruce Lee aged in it. Because Bruce Lee shows up in the, at the end of the second one as a little kid, almost his son's age. And then in the third one, he shows up and he's, what, 16? Meanwhile, his kid still looks like he's about nine. Actually, I think. Um, wow, where did he get this? Sinister no, um, I think though. that he had two. Actually, he had two. Like this was the son that was born. Oh, the younger in, son in the second one, and the, his older son was the one on the tricycle in the first one. See, so, now that's where I was confused because well, I thought he had, he had a daughter, <clears throat> but I guess not. No, he, he had, had two, two sons. sons, but they were never in the movies together. No, after, yeah, okay. After the birth, the the the, the second son, the the two sons were there was only ever one in in all of the movies. Yeah. No, she, yeah. No, they, there was yeah, there was only one in all of the movies. In the third saw. one, where you th- where you think you would see the second son, there was only yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. I thought they, I, I actually thought they explained it away like he went away to study or something like that. So I don't. They, know. I don't. They don't, they don't they they talk about it. Yeah. I don't remember. It's like they just forgot a son. It's like it's Richie Cunningham's older brother. He's hanging with him. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, what uh, what is the uh, what is the rating on the Deadly Venom scale? You know what? You're comparing it against the first three, and it was not nearly that quality uh, in filmmaking, in the fight scenes, in uh, creativity. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give it a two, just because you've got the first three that are so brilliant. See, I'm not comparing it against them. I'm comparing it against all karate movies, because it's not. I mean, if we're ranking this one, this would be the bottom film of the four. But I still get a, a solid three. Maybe three and a half. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a, it's still a solid film. It's just, it's not as good as the other ones. Like, if, yeah, if I was ranking against the other ones, it dropped down. Okay. Fair enough. Brent, what do you rate this one? I, I'd say a four. I actually like this one better than the second one. Really? I didn't like the second oh, one. You didn't like much. the boxer. I didn't care for the boxer fight at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and, and in everybody's interpretation of the rating system here, I compare this to my favorite kung fu film, The Five Deadly Venoms, <laughs> and uh, this is a this is a two star film. I just, I mean, even Donnie Yen to me could not save this. this no. There was just there was problems with the story. There was, you know, there there wasn't the jeopardy. There wasn't really that great of a, you know, that none of the fights, with the exception of the one, did anything for me. I don't know. All right, we are done with uh, the Ip Man series. Uh, check out the first three. You can maybe skip the last one, but we really liked them. Let us give them a watch. Let us know what you think.
right, so uh, we are watching my new favorite series on the Paramount uh, app, or uh, the Paramount app via Amazon in my case. And that is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and we just watched episode four, Memento Mori. Uh-uh. And I kind of spoiled it last episode, but uh, this is one of the finest episodes of science fiction television I have ever seen. This is absolutely one of my favorites. I put this up there with Patterns of Force, which was the Enterprise versus the Romulans and kind of a chess game between starships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. This is on par with that, at least in my humble opinion. Not that humble, but go ahead. Oh, no, I'm I'm an arrogant bastard when it comes to That's that kind of stuff. <laughs> my, my humble, no. no. My superior opinion. Yeah. Uh, yes, so you have... Uh, the Enterprise uh, rescuing a planet. Uh, they realize that everybody on the planet is basically dead. Sing, Noonan Sing, the, uh, the, who is a survivor of the Gorn. Yes. Uh, and again, this is what they kind of tell her backstory through this episode. Uh, recognizes immediately that this is a Gorn trap. The Enterprise is damaged badly, and basically, Pike and the crew use their kind of wits and skill and everything with nothing to rely on to kind of outmaneuver and outlast three Gorn ships. So yeah. that was some yeah. pretty cool shit. Yeah, and then uh, you get a cool little Hammer uh, Uhura yes, story yeah. in there. So the, they're in the process of delivering a atomic-powered air filter to uh, this uh, this colony, and uh, it gets damaged, and Hemmer's hands both get broken, and uh, Uhura essentially has to be his hands. Yes. So this is kind of it's kind of him guiding her through this. Uh, you've got uh, the Vulcan mind held with Noonan Singh, so you get get truly her backstory and, and, and her memories of, of surviving the Gorn, and she had a brother or uh, uh, brother, yeah, yeah it was her brother. Who basically sacrifices himself so she could get away. And yeah, you've got Pike uh, taking them into the uh, gas cloud of a brown dwarf star on the on the border of a black hole. And it blinds them, but it blinds the Gorn. And uh, just... They have, to, would, they have to come up with new ways of figuring out how yeah, to... They have like one active photon torpedo and uh, they basically just dump it out of the ship. And that yeah, was awesome. That and was... then they... They take the other ship down to like the surface of like the event horizon, and it crushes the Gorn ship. I thought that was cool. Well, they actually convinced the Gorn ship to shoot the other Gorn. Yeah, ship. that was the. I yeah, mean, that yeah. Was, that was... The mind meld is her is uh, Noonan Singh figuring out that the Gorn use like almost like semaphore, or not even semaphore. Um, uh... Oh god, there's a all this lamp they use that in World War Two, where it's like they use Morse code. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. between ships or whatever, and they she kind of figures out that. That there's the brother a figured the brother figured it, the brother it figured out. out, and she remembers, and he had like a code book yeah, or whatever, yeah. and uh, they trick the mothership into shooting one of the smaller ships because the, the they believe that yeah. the the, the Gorn believe don't believe in weakness or something like that. Yeah. That was really cool, um, which makes me wonder: Are we gonna see now the the Gorn famously are in the one of the more famous? I mean, there was even amigo figure of the Gorn and stuff like that. I wonder if we're gonna get to see the Gorn. I'm sure we will. I um I hope so, because right now they're they've almost been like eight like the 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 xenomorph and alien where you just kind of see the after effects yes. of them. Remind me of the Reavers and oh, the Reavers, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gorn is going to be cool. They're the boogeyman. Yeah, they're well, they're 
their and they kind of they the kind of said that like in the in the in the, the original series it's it's Kirk versus the captain of the Gorn ship on the the planet and they're trying to kill each other and and they kind of said that like oh the Gorn have never we've never been able to negotiate with them and they're they're just monsters and stuff like that so it was well established in the original yeah, series. Yeah, so we're a food source for them. Yeah. I don't know that they established that. No, the I think they kind of. Series. I don't think they went that far. No, no. I think they they expanded on that a little yeah. bit and said, "Yeah, these guys are kind of are, are kind of they're they're uh, strange new worlds Borg." I don't yeah. think there's gonna be a sleesh sack looking Gorn. I think they're no. I think they're gonna do something cooler with them. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> but we've seen the Gorn, as far as uh, the original series goes. Yeah, yeah th- that was up there with any uh, Doctor Who villain ever. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking the, the again. I'm going Sleesack from Sleesack would be one of the Sleesacks. I'd even give the Sleesacks a little bit more credit than that. I was actually thinking the Century from Kolshak. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, kind of the big alligator cool. suit, yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. clunky. Yeah. Voiced oh, by yeah. Ted Cassidy in the original series. No kidding. Yep. Oh, that made him cooler. Yeah. But yeah, I love me some tactical starship stuff. Yeah, and yeah. this was this was as good as anything I've ever seen. Again, uh, this to me has so far just four episodes in, and I'm going. This is the best track I've ever seen. This was, this is up there with the best track episodes to this me. This is my favorite. Yeah, my favorite episode of this series so far. Uh, remember that you die. That's what Mental Warning. Yeah, uh, and they threw that in a, a bunch, in a bunch of little things. Well, they started out with the wasn't remembrance of the yeah it was the yeah. remembrance of of uh, uh, Starfleet Starfleet lost right and you wear your crew pin yeah for whatever ship you were on and, uh, and this, so they all and she yeah. wasn't going to because she's oh dramatic <laughs> I, I don't think it was like that oh dramatic. wow we make her into a teenage girl. <laughs> Well, that's what she was through this whole thing. Well, no, and this was a good one that, that like everybody got like the um, uh, like Spock figured out how he could track him in the cloud, yeah. and you've got the doctor with none of his equipment doing basically Trio. meatball surgery. Yeah, yeah. and then it's you've like got uh, Riley's life on the line. She needs plasma, and yeah, they yeah. only have the one left, and give it to the crew. Yeah, uh, and they're like, "No, you're way more valuable." He just is a janitor. We don't care about him. He can die. And she's like, no, every life is important to us because we're Starfleet. And they go, no, his life really isn't. We have like six of them that can do his job. Did I miss all but- <laughs> Did I miss this whole discussion? Oh, you just you're had- writing your own you're writing your own stuff and you're writing your own material in these that's, episodes. That's all the cut scenes. Have you yeah, have you watched the deleted scenes already? Yeah, he won't be on the next episode, so he, <laughs> Yeah. He's wearing a blue shirt. He doesn't really count. He's a red shirt. Oh, sorry, red shirt. Yeah. Um yeah, what's his name? What's my name? <laughs> you can hear him screaming from Except the it other side. Blue shirt that died, wasn't it? it I with, think so. With the there was the a, engineer? Yeah, there was a bunch of people shirt. who died. They, I mean it was pretty horrific. Uh and but yeah, you know, they made a big they made a big deal of that. Yes. Well, like I lost nine of my crew members against these yeah, guys. You can yes. See how it hit Pike. You know what I did enjoy is is Well, um is uh when when Pike's like, What's going on? And uh Nunyan Singh was is all uh 
we got to go. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to win. Yeah. 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 We is, have to, we yeah. have to run. We're going, we're this not going to, this is it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he's kind of like, what? And it was that moment of hesitation where he's like, what are you? Yeah. Then boom, 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 boom. Well, then she goes, it's Gorn. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, he got a little serious about it, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that that was like, she had that great line, like, people have seen the Gorn before. They just haven't lived long long enough to tell you what they look like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I like how they didn't show us. Well, I like the way they used the other people as bait. Oh, no. Like, the, the opening... Salvo, if you yes. will, is yeah, they yeah. they they couldn't transport them on because of whatever reason. Shielding, they're shielding, they're shielding or whatever, and they had to do an actual docking so that prevented the, the Enterprise from putting their shields up. Yeah, yes, and that was like a total like, oh, dude, that, that well, tactically that was so brilliant. Well, you know? again, Noonan Singh was the bait was 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 bait was the bait. Yeah, they always leave one for bait. Yeah, uh, they're not nice. No, lizard people. They're very smart though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fun little lizard people. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, so you have a lot going on in this episode. And then Hemmer, who I really like. Yeah. Uh, just really like. Doing the doing the whole Scotty engineer. Yes. You know, I've got to have water. Tell him, Captain. You know, that was, he's just so freaking cool. But he's more like, uh, he's like Scotty Yoda. Yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah, more, yeah. more like, uh. <laughs> He's more like a, a intuitional engineer. Almost. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like he just understands that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because he's blind, and so he uses all his other senses to. And, and we've got a little bit more background on him too. Why he's in Starfleet? You know? Yeah. You're a pacifist. What are you doing here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where he won't fight uh, is cool. And then uh, O'Hara. I, I really like. The gal that, and I keep saying this, and let's look her up here because she is just, she deserves she a mention because she is fantastic. She is dynamite in this role. Celia Rose Gooding. I wonder if. Uh, Gooding's letter? That's what I was just thinking. Actually, let's. But uh, she has been dynamite in this role. Yeah. I mean, really good. Uh, Broadway gal. Okay. But yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. Okay. Completely, you know, Michelle Nichols set precedence yes. in the 60s yeah. for being this powerful black female character, and she is doing her justice yes. in this. Absolutely. Yes. yes. She is evolving. Yeah, and that's what's cool about her is you can see her evolving. You can see her becoming that character. She's not there yet, and she's a she's also uh I hate to say, I, I don't, uh, probably not the best phrase, but she's a convenient plot device because she is a an, uh, a trainee, if you will. So she gets to go through all the different yes. training. So you kind of get okay. You well, get she's in engineering now, so we get the hammer episode. We get the she's with security now, so we get the. The nude and seeing episode and stuff well, like that. Well, you get all the exposition to her to explain the thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. She's, As you would explain it to us. a cadet. She's basically us. Yeah. But so she's carrying that role yeah, off yeah. just beautifully. Like you said, yeah. I, I, Nichelle Nichols should be... She's doing her justice. Yeah. All right, so boys, uh, like I said, this, I, you know, cards on the table, hard to sleep. One of my favorite episodes of science fiction television that I have seen in recent memory. Yeah. Yep, good. All right, well, spoiler alert, the next one is the exact opposite. It is the funny episode. Ah. And I love me my funny episode. Tribbles? Tribbles? I was hoping for Tribbles, but it's almost... It is is a Tribble-level funny episode. Wow. 
Alright, we're still enjoying this one. Stick with us. The Three Old Geeks are now on YouTube. Check us out there and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you can't find us, stop by our Facebook page to get a link. And while you're there, drop us a line and let us know what you think of the podcast. Tune in next week, same geek time, on all your favorite apps for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening and hey, keep on geeking on.